Hey, everybody, before we get into the show, we have a major earth-shattering massive announcement. Nikki? Yes, it is that time again, Pete Wright. Our monthly planning membership is open for enrollment. GPS stands for Guided Planning Sessions, if you don't know already. We've worked really hard here at Take Control ADHD to provide you with a service that not only gives you ideas and strategies on how to plan your day and your week, but it also provides time and space for you to do the work and not just by yourself, but with others who understand and support you. We meet every Monday and Thursday, and there are three different sessions for each day that you're invited to attend. We are dedicated to making this membership to be one that is transformative in the way you think about planning and taking control of your time and schedule. There are so many benefits to the GPS membership, so please be sure to visit our website at takecontroladhd.com slash GPS. Enrollment is open now through May 8th. Thank you for your time and attention, and I hope to see you soon. On with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and right over there is Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete. Hi. Hi. You feeling okay? I'm feeling a little tired, but I am on my, or I'm standing up on my standing up desk. Uh-huh. That's good. Good for me. I, I am the opposite because I am sitting on my wobbly stool, but also you can't see this. I don't know, maybe you can. I, no, you can't. I got a rug. In oh. my office, because I've been—it's just been hard woods. I've had no floor covering since oh. we repainted and brought in the couch and everything, and it's a disaster. It's just super echoey and all this, and so now I got a rug. But the downside of the rug is it's—it's it's lovely and plush, and it makes my office now cozy. Cozy, and I do not use that word lightly. Right, cozy is incredibly dangerous for a guy like me because I don't know if you know this about, we've known each other a long time. You might not know this about me. I'm a snuggler. <laughs> I get a cozy, so cozy blanket and a yeah. cozy rug and some good pillows and I snuggle right down and you're into going hibernation to sleep, probably. Mode. Yeah. 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 So I'm, it, it is really lovely in here now. And also mm -hmm. <laughs> snuggle city. <laughs> we're not uh, we're not talking about that today. We're talking about task switching, and I'm you know this is a, a perennial favorite beehive for me to poke, um, and so I'm I'm glad we're bringing this up. This is a good transition for us into our next uh, theme, and uh, so that's what we're going to do. I know. No, oh, my right? goodness. This is a transition into our series of transitions. Yeah, I see what you did there. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Before we do that, head over to TakeControlADHD.com and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list. We'll send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook at TakeControlADHD. And have, have I mentioned the membership program over at Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast? Allow me to expand. If you have been touched by this show ever, then you need to check it out. Patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. This show is subsidized by our members. They are subsidizing it for everybody to download and listen to this show around the world. And we are we could not be more grateful to them. In fact, we're so grateful that we're only four, I think, members away from launching our new podcast. Four. That was our big goal when we hit wow. the, the next one. We get four, four or five, five more members. We, we're going to release a new Pete podcast. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, and but so the, I'm, the I'm pretty excited. The Pete podcast about it. is only for Patreons. That's right. So that's, it's only that's for patrons. That's a very uh, important benefit of being that's part it. of our community. So if you've been holding on, if you've been thinking, yeah, one day I'll get to it. If you've been struggling to transition to this task, <laughs> now would be a great time to do it. If you want to uh, to help launch this new members only podcast, it would be effectively just for you. And uh, we would really appreciate that. And I, uh, and I know our other members who are already members would really appreciate that. So uh, thank you, everybody who has supported already. We deeply appreciate it. Learn more about the other fantastic perks at patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast. Yes. So the topic today is task switching with ADHD, and it is going to be the first of uh, a a new series for us around transitions. And I thought, you know, this is a good time to be talking about this because we are going into fall. A lot of us are going back to school or some of us are going back into the work uh, workplace, like actual, you know, buildings now and not just working from home. So there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, in September and October. Yeah, a lot of change. Uh, But this isn't just for those changes. Task switching is also for, I'm going to do one podcast and I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to go do another one. Yes. (laughs) It can be difficult, right? To to make that transition. What do you think? Well, especially topical transitions when my brain, my brain has uh, inertia. It has momentum, right? Mm -hmm. And it will, it is very difficult for me to be on one track and not have a break between one track and having to switch tracks and think about something conceptually different. So conceptual change is really hard. But for me, the even harder one is state change. And, you know, I've talked about my struggles with sleep before. And a lot of that is transitioning from sleep to wake and from wake to sleep, getting to oh, sleep. Right. So and and if I wake up for some reason in the middle of the night, it's because my brain's on another track. And it's really hard for me to get back into a mode of sleep without, you know, some rather exhaustive accommodation. So I, I think this is a great conversation because it's so important to broaden our understanding of what it means to change gears. Right. And that's that's a big deal. I know for me, I take it Absolutely. I take it very personally. Yes. Yes. Well, and, you know, I think it's also important to understand how your ADHD directly impacts your ability to shift gears. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know it does, but it, it's also might be helpful to understand why. And uh, so I did a little bit of research. I put my scientist hat on my Excellent. doctor research hat on. And, uh, you know, there's three executive functions that are explained by uh, Dr. Thomas Brown. Now, there's actually a whole set of executive functions, but, but but there's three in particular that have something to do with the ability to shift gears. That first one is activation. So activation is the ability for you to organize tasks and materials, estimate time, and get started. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, that's, that's right in the strike zone for me. Right there, right? Especially estimating time. Well, all of it, organizing Mm -hmm. the tasks that you're working on, figuring out how long it's going to take you. And then if you're avoiding anything, it's going to really be hard to get started. Uh, But focus is the other executive function, which is finding, sustaining, and shifting attention as needed. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's definitely right there. That's focus and the peril of hyper-focus. Yeah. Right. right. Shifting gears too much or not being able to shift gears at all. 
Yes. And we'll talk about yeah. hyperfocus in just a second. Yeah. And then effort, regulating alertness, sustaining motivation, and processing speed. So those were yeah. the three that I, I found that that really directly impact that that uh, shifting gears and being able to uh, transition, like you said, yeah. either from one state to another or project A to project B, whatever it might be. Well, and and enormous danger, like a big red flag when you're talking about activation. And I know I'm not alone because I've had these conversations with our community members in the activation space. Like when you're trying to get started, there is such ripe, fertile ground for distraction. Uh, You know, as soon as you talk about estimating time, I'm like, oh, maybe I need a new time estimation tool. I should start looking at new apps or, you know, maybe today's the day I start investigating this new paper that is useful for taking notes, you know, like those kinds of things. They're non-trivial in in being able to do something. And I deal with it every single day. Yes. How often do you deal with hyperfocus? I it's it's less rare than it was. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait a minute. Did I say that? It's rarer than it used to be, right? Mm-hmm. I I feel like when I'm dealing with hyperfocus, it's usually um, as a result of uh, uh, letting other systems fall apart, right? If I if I don't if I'm when I'm on my best behavior and I have all my alarms and I'm being tapped by my watch and I, it's telling me when to change gears, then I've I'm I'm generally able to to remain fluid. But by the end of the day, by three, four o'clock, that becomes less reliable. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I end up in the zone of I'm working on a task and uh, my my brain is telling me you've just found your your flow. You're in the zone now. But really what it is, is I don't know how to change gears anymore because I'm tired. My right. brain's tired. I'm not doing my best work. I'm just going through dinner. I'm act agitated when people tell me, hey, dinner's ready. You got to come in now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'm angry. I'm frustrated. And all of that, I think, is um, is a result of like ineffective task switching when I am fatigued. Right. And, yeah. And it, it allows me to be more susceptible to falling into hyperfocus. Does that make right. sense? It does. And it's it's a really great uh, awareness on your part to know that that's what's happening. So, well, it was cause... funny because as you as I started talking and I said, like, it's rarer than it used to be, I realized, like, I am right now lying to myself. Like, it happens almost every day that I, <laughs> every I have day this in the feeling. Afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's really good, though. I mean, I think that that's where self-awareness really becomes uh, important in how you manage your ADHD or how you manage your hyperfocus, because you know that the afternoons are going to be like that. You're going to be more tired and you're going to be, you know, you can plan a little bit better then um, when you know that about yourself. So I I think that's good. Um, So hyperfocus can definitely be uh, a time where it's particularly difficult to switch tasks, right? And so just to be clear, hyperfocus is, it is a symptom of ADHD. It's the ability to focus intensely on an interesting project or activity uh, for hours at a time. So it could be video games, it could be Netflix, Whoever invented the next episode starts in 10 seconds. They, Who is well, that person? 
that's i don't know i don't know if it's worth celebrating them or reviling them i know right i know like they are they are as brilliant as the guy who invented the diagram that tells you which way to put batteries in things right and as frustrating as the person who invented telemarketing you know exactly. what i mean yeah like, it is it's so true yeah. Uh, but that's definitely going to, yeah, not help us. Social media, for sure. You could think that you're just going to be on there for a couple of minutes and then an hour goes by. Um, there's a lot of different things that you can hyper-focus on, but not even just fun things, but it can also be when you are in that good flow that we've talked about before and, you know, you're working really well and you just don't want to stop that. Yeah. Um, but what happens, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, when you go into hyperfocus mode, the time blindness is going to uh, be stronger. You're going to be more blind um, because time goes by really fast. And so you may forget to eat. You may forget to go to the bathroom. Um, you know, you you may forget an appointment or decide that it's not important anymore and just bail on it. Um, you know, the world just, it stops around you for those uh, moments in time. Right. And it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating for the person that's in it. It can be frustrating for the people that are waiting for that person or relying on them for something. Family can be irritating to family. You're mm -hmm. irritated that it's time for dinner, but your wife might be irritated that you're not there. Right. Oh, totally. <laughs> and it's every day. It's a surprise. Right. Every day at, you know, at dinner time, it's a surprise that dinner is here. Yes. That's a, this is, this is a uh, super eye-opening. All right. <laughs> right. <me>. Good. <laughs> I'm going to give you lots of self-awareness yeah, in this that's episode. Exactly that's exactly where right. we are. So I don't want to talk about focus or hyper-focus without giving you a few tips of maybe how to, to help you with hyper-focus. And you know what, Pete, you, you already uh, did one of the tips without me even having to write it down here. And that's that, that knowing uh, what your patterns are of energy, mm -hmm. you know? So you know that if you're really tired, you're going to be more um, having that tendency to be in hyper-focus. It's going to be easier for you. So I think having that self-awareness is a, is a great thing to have. Um, but also identifying what kinds of things you typically hyper-focus on. Mm -hmm. So if you know there's a particular thing like TV, uh, a certain video game, or a certain project that you could go into this hyper-focus uh, mode, um, identify that. And avoid those activities uh, before you're going to bed. Yeah. Right. And uh, if or if you're avoiding a task. So the reason I think it's so important to identify what these things are before you go to bed is because sleep is such an issue for so many ADHDers. And one of the reasons that sleep is, is so difficult is because you're getting stuck into watching the other show, you know, one more show sure. you're getting stuck into watching or not watching, but, um, scrolling down social media, thinking you're going to go to bed, but then an hour later, you're still going through it. So I think, you know, just really being aware that maybe these aren't the best activities to do before bed, but then also avoiding a task. Uh, this is a recipe for procrastination at its finest. <laughs> Talk, yeah, talk more about that. Like, what do you mean? Like, if I'm avoiding what kind of task or if, if I'm in task avoidance mode, 
that is you're saying that's a recipe for hyper focus on something else because well, if you're not you should be because that's yeah. totally, i just described myself okay. well right right okay. because what does the adhd mind want to do it wants to be engaged it yeah, wants right. to have um, a high level of dopamine right well if you are doing something that you enjoy which is part of what hyper why we get into hyper focus then it is going to be easier to um avoid what you're what you're needing to do. Sure. So I think, again, it goes back to self-awareness. Uh, you know, how important is the task that you're avoiding? What is it? How, um, you know, really kind of putting it into a context that makes sense to you to see, you know, maybe it is okay that you don't do it, uh, but then maybe it's not. So it's just really being more aware of what you're doing and what is the consequence of that, you know, mm-hmm. if there is one. Um, one of the things that I tell people to, especially around bedtime and TV is set boundaries for yourself. So use alarms, use timers if you need to, to, uh, keep you aware of the time. I always ask people like, how many clocks do you have in your house? Are they analog clocks? Like if you don't have a clock in every room, I suggest you get one. Yeah. You know, every room, every room should have a clock because the time blindness isn't going to go away. It's it's very easy uh, to ignore it when there's not a clock in front of you. So at well, least you're one step closer. It, totally. And and I would add, like, get clocks that they're they're, I think, marginally more expensive than a regular wall clock. But you can get these clocks that are that have a little like satellite, not satellite, but a little radio in them that are pinging a time service. So you don't have to change the time when daylight savings changes, right? Oh, that's nice. It's really nice. And if you start stocking your walls with those kinds of clocks, then all you have to do is notice when the battery runs out and and it'll set itself again once Mm -hmm. it picks up that signal. We have a couple of them throughout the house and it is such a relief to like take that tiny stupid thing off my list of things to think about Mm -hmm. (laughs) every Mm -hmm. season you know, is, is to have a clock that sets itself. Right. Yeah. That's really good. I didn't know that that existed. Yeah. Um, okay. So then there's this other thing you can do around setting a boundary and this does take a little bit of self-discipline. Um, so, you know, take it or leave it. If you have some kind of rule that you set for yourself with when is the, what is the time limit of when you're going to start a new show? So if you're watching like a half hour show and you want to watch the next one, but you want to be in bed by, let's say, 10, 15, you don't want to start a show, that half hour show, any later than 945 mm-hmm. or actually probably really 930, right? Right. Because right. then it would go from 930 to 10 and then you would have some time to go and get ready for bed. Um, if you start that show at 10 then you're not going to bed at 10.30 and you're probably not really falling asleep until 10.45, maybe even 11. So yeah. it's it's actually just really setting a rule of when, what is the time limit or time frame of when I can start a show and when I can't. And, um, you know, it's it's a rule that's for you. And I know that that's sometimes hard because we don't want to feel like we have to do something or, you know, um, but it is for you and it can really help if you're trying to to have more of a bedtime routine. We try. And I think for me, I have the added benefit of 
you know, a partner that doesn't have ADHD. And so when we sit down, like we, we pick a show, we, we have a show, we'll put it on the iPad, we'll watch an episode of a show. Mm -hmm. And she's usually the one who says, okay, that was it. We watched that. And now we're going to turn it off. And uh, so there's no scrolling. We don't have a TV in the bedroom. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that is so that we don't have the remote where we can just, you know, watch whatever (laughs) comes next of whatever show, because I, I think that's too engaging. Our, our, the challenge on the flip side of that is we do often want to know what happens next. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a that's a conditioning thing that I know I take for granted when she's there being more conservative about what's next. But do you when you do that, do you just like figure out what's next? And then like after 10 minutes of it, you stop? Or do you have to, like, do you find yourself to like, you do you to continue to watch it? Oh, I have to watch the end. If you we, watch the end. Yeah. If we if we start another episode, we will be finishing You're going to watch episode. the end, yeah. Hugely important. Yeah. yeah. See, see, sometimes I can actually just figure out what, what happened and then I can shut it down. But I can see how it would be easy not to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. a special kind of muscle you have. Uh, it I'm is. Yeah. yeah. You know, superpower, I guess. All right. So I have a couple of other tips that I want to talk about that are outside of just hyper focus. And that's just making task shifting easier during the day or, you know, whenever you need to, to do these things. Um, the first one is to plan your day. So we want to be really intentional of when you do certain tasks for how long and uh, when you're going to be doing them. Uh, Set timers to keep you on track because we want to have those clocks, right? Because the time blindness is not going to go away. Uh, So we want to have a little bit more intention on planning our day. And the second tip I have is adding buffer time. Uh, around these transitions. So it's really important that you're not overbooking yourself um, and that you leave some time in between tasks. And what do you think you should do in between tasks, Pete? I I think we should expect to prepare for the next task. Prepare in, in what way? Well, okay. For example, I use this service Calendly right? Mm-hmm. Calendly, a lot of people use Calendly. It allows people to schedule time on your calendar. I think you use Calendly too, yes, right? I Don't do. you use Calendly? Yep. So we, we're all Calendly fans. And one of the things that I have adopted in Calendly is I do not, like all of my default, like I change all the default appointment links and I subtract five to 10 minutes off of the off of the default. So you cannot book an appointment with me for 30 minutes. It's 25 minutes because I know that at the end of 25 minutes, I'm going to have to switch gears to get right. into whatever comes next. If somebody's booking something at 1030, I need from 1025 to 1030 to get ready, mm-hmm. right? You can't book an hour with me. It's 50 minutes, right? I need that 10 minutes after an hour appointment to change to whatever is next. Right. And so that's that's how that's, I, I think that goes into both planning your day and planning for transitions, right? Right. Is that kind of what you're going for? Yeah, that's an example. And you did it today because I was ready to do this podcast earlier than what we planned. And I just said, Hey, whenever you're ready. And you're like, uh, wait a minute, we have this at the top of the hour. (laughs) Just got done with the show. I need, I need some minutes. Right. So, you know, yourself very, very well. If we walk away from anything on this show, Pete is very self-aware. Oh, (laughs) only took 48 years. (laughs) To do that, yeah. Uh, But yes, absolutely. That's a great example of of, uh, 
putting in that buffer time and getting ready for the next uh, next thing. But I also want to just add that sometimes it can help if you are feeling stressed or overwhelmed to take some time in between the tasks just to sort of recenter yourself. So, yeah. you know, go outside, uh, take five deep breaths, you know, before moving on to the next activity. Um, just even one deep breath can make a difference, right? Because it just keeps you centered. So definitely want to be looking for those things that uh, will help you feel more calm going into the next right. task. Right. All right. So I'm going to put my coach hat on. Oh, good. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the show. Right. So in closing, I have a few questions to our listeners. Okay. Um, we know, as we have said, transitions are hard. Did we say that? We said that transitions are hard. Oh, I think that point yeah. has been made. Okay, good. <laughs> I want to just make sure that we've we understand that. Uh, but what I want uh, our listeners to do is I hope that they can take something um, tangible, you know, a, a real thing here and practice it. So I've got a few questions for you. Okay. What kinds of activities, listener, whoever's listening, what kinds of activities do you typically have a hard time either transitioning to or from? So if you're driving in your car or you're listening to this while you're doing housework or whatever, think about um, what, what are the activities that are hard for you to transition? So now that we've identified that, what do we do with that, right? I'm going to get that get to that in a second. Um, I also want you to think about what are the activities where you may hyperfocus, Identify okay. what those kinds of things are. And then I want you to be thinking about what have you done in the past to help you transition? So transitions are hard, but we all have been doing them. We all have practice. We all have experience in transitioning. So we want to think about what works, what, what makes a smooth transition. And Pete, you said giving yourself even just that five minutes can make a difference. So we want to be thinking about that. And then with all of these things that you're identifying, what are you willing to try after hearing this podcast? So we have given you some strategies, some thoughts, some tips. What are you willing to try and focus on that this week? Practice one of these things that you learned today. And I would love to hear about it. I would love to, to know how this worked for you. Uh, if you needed to tweak it or if you found something that we didn't talk about, uh, whatever it might be. But that that's my uh, that's my ask of the day. Uh, I like it. Uh, jump into uh, either the Patreon conversation if you want to reply to the post in, in Patreon on the show, or if you are a member, jump into Discord. If you're not a member, jump into Discord too, into the uh, ADHD community channel and let us know uh, what you are doing. I think, I think for me, the the biggest and hardest lesson to learn was that of creating stronger boundaries. Mm -hmm. around my time mm -hmm. it, because once once I realized I have a problem <laughs> once I, I I was no longer in denial that I have a problem with transitions then I was able to say okay I have to assert myself in a way that I have never done before and that is extraordinarily difficult when you have expectations coming at you from partners from kids from uh, uh, teammates uh, team members managers um, that expect you to do certain things at certain times and to be able to say, I can't do that to the best of my ability. 
without setting up some constraints is really hard. So when you ask like, what would I be willing to try after this podcast? I think that would be lesson number one for me is focus on the areas, I'm speaking personally here, mm -hmm. where my boundaries have gotten flimsy right. and and really document those and think, what, what can I do to make those stronger? Mm -hmm. um, because, and, and I think we should continue this conversation because I know I'm gonna have more to report on next week. Great, yes, Yeah. let's. Let's do nice. that. Nice. Hey. All right. Thanks, Nikki. Thank you. Fancy. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. We sure appreciate you downloading and listening to this show. Thank you for your time and your attention. And don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, head over to the Show Talk channel in the Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright. We'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control the ADHD podcast. Thank you.